Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. I'm doing a quick introduction before the actual episode starts because we're doing something very different today. And I just want you guys to like understand what's happening. Basically, I'm going to be having a guest on. We'll get an introduction on her later on when the episode actually starts. So you guys understand what she does and what she can speak to us about. But I'm doing this episode through a call. So since she couldn't, you know, come to me to actually record, like a lot of my other guest episodes were with people I knew and friends and stuff like this, I had to do this episode through the phone. First time I'm doing this. So if the audio sounds different on her end, that's the reason why, because we're going to be doing it through a call. Um, it's going to be a really fun and really interesting episode. I have yet to record it, but I'm going to manifest it and say that. And before we get started, of course, check out the merch. Like I say every episode, um, you guys can find the links on my Instagram or in the show notes. The Instagram is at Between You and Me Podcast. Don't forget to go follow there to keep updated on everything that happens with the podcast and merch stuff. I hope you guys are excited. We're going to get into this episode now. I'm kind of nervous. Um, I have some anxiety going through my body, but I hope everything will go good. And yeah, enjoy. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Between You and Me. Today, we have a guest on the show, which is very exciting. Her name is Hannah, and let's get a little introduction from you, and you can talk to us about your background. Hi, everybody. So, yes, my name is Hannah. I am a relationship anxiety coach. I'm also a breathwork facilitator, and I work with women who are having a lot of stress in relationships who are having trouble opening their heart. Most of the time they are with secure, loving partners, but they have a lot of fear or a lot of past trauma that's coming up and making it difficult for them to enjoy their relationship or to feel in love. So yeah, that's where I come in. Awesome, that was a great introduction. Um, I found that this subject was really interesting also because I think that a lot of women go through it sometimes unknowingly and sometimes are not mm -hmm. really sure where the fear comes from because I know in my own experience, I've had past relationships where I've had a lot of anxiety and not a lot of guidance. I don't think the subject is talked about a lot and I think a lot of the times people consider anxiety in relationships to be negative and that the relationship might not be for you if you are experiencing yeah. anxiety in it. So I think a good place to start would be how can someone identify relationship anxiety within themselves? Like what are some, you know, signs maybe that someone might go through and they can be like, oh, okay, that is relationship anxiety. Yeah, I think that's really important to start with just like what actually is relationship yeah. anxiety because like you said, it's so under talked about. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I was dealing with it, I had no idea that it was even a thing. And even just finding out, okay, this really resonates with me, this must be what I have, mm -hmm. was a huge weight off of my shoulders. Because it's like, okay, I know what it is, I can deal with it. And it's not just some elusive thing in the background yeah that means that i have to break up with my partner mm -hmm. so essentially some of the signs would be you're in a healthy relationship you're with a partner that is for the most part healthy and secure this does not apply to people in toxic or abusive situations mm -hmm. you're in a pretty good relationship however you're constantly obsessing over it it's all that you can think about the big one is feeling like you need to break up, but also you desperately don't want to. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like this cycle where you're like, oh my gosh, I have to break up with him, but I also really don't want to. And you're grieving, losing him, even though you're still with him. 
a lot of people with relationship anxiety will hyper fixate on their partner's flaws or Mm -hmm. not even flaws, like just things that they think are issues. Yeah. So for example, like the way that they chew or (laughs) certain things about the way that they look or a funny example that I like to give is like, I was so upset over the fact that my partner didn't like Ed Sheeran because I loved Ed Sheeran and I wanted to have like those moments where like slow dancing together to his songs and he wasn't a huge fan. And so literally in my head at the time when I was in relationship anxiety, I thought that is a reason that I need to break up with him. It's very like all or nothing perfectionist view Mm -hmm. where it's like, if he's not perfect, that means I need to leave. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of causes that go into that and a lot of societal things behind it. But that is sort of the the main thing. And I also work with anxious attachment mm-hmm. where you can have relationship anxiety and anxious attachment where you have that push and pull. Yeah. You're pushing yourself away from him, but then you're anxiously attached where you're like, no, but I don't want to lose you. And I need to figure out if he loves me yeah. and I need reassurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was definitely, you know, when planning this episode, thinking about the ways that relationship anxiety and anxious attachment can sometimes go hand in hand in a way, Mm -hmm. because it all basically derives from the element of anxiety, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a part of you is trying to keep you safe in like a couple different ways. Yeah, exactly. You were talking about where relationship anxiety can come from. I'm wondering how your past can contribute to relationship anxiety? Yeah, so good question. It definitely has a lot to do with your past. When I speak to women um, on a daily basis about their relationship anxiety, almost all of the time I can identify something that's happened in their past Mm -hmm. where it makes sense that they would be reacting the way that they do now. So for example, it could be that they've gone through a really difficult breakup and they learned not to trust love and they're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times it is from childhood trauma because in childhood that's when you're learning, is love safe? What do I believe about love? What do I believe to be true about finding a life partner? So people will look to their parents to see, okay, there's my map on how love is going to go for me. And if their parents had any sort of arguments or issues in their marriage, or especially if their parents have been through a divorce, that can definitely contribute. Or even the smaller things like noticing that your dad has a hard time with money. And so you believe like, okay, I can't rely on men to support me. I had a client recently who her dad was always inconsistent and Mm -hmm he would constantly let her down and then she would have to make up for it over and over and over again. And they'd always be getting into these arguments and then making up. And so now she is kind of copying and pasting that onto her partner, feeling like my partner is going to constantly let me down. And instead of being let down, I just want to leave. Mm -hmm. When in reality, her partner's not like that at all. It's just because of her past growing up with her dad being kind of placed and shifted onto her new partner. So it's these very deep subconscious beliefs that we form. Yeah. Well, that is very interesting. Yeah. Um, Especially too, another thing is like past trauma. If you haven't fully dealt with the trauma and it's still something that's in your body-mind system because when we deal with big emotions and we can't process them in a healthy way, they get stuck in Mm -hmm. our system. And they keep coming up as triggers over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So definitely that's a part of our work as well as dealing with that past trauma and releasing it. And that's where I use breath work the most. Mm, Okay. That's interesting because I've actually been looking into breath work myself recently because I started to just Mm -hmm. like kind of become more passionate and like want to learn about that. So I'm seeing how it very much has to do with relationship anxiety and calming your nervous system and like self-soothing and things like that too, which we can probably get into later on. Yeah, for sure. But I did hear you speak about triggers in um, relationship anxiety. And just for people to kind of know 
themselves. What do you think are some of the most common triggers when it comes to people who are in relationships and experiencing relationship anxiety? Yeah. Okay. So common triggers. Um, It's funny. I posted about this on my TikTok and it went completely viral. And I think it's just because people were so shocked that Mm -hmm. it described them like to a T. And they really, when people think this, the most common thing I've noticed is everybody thinks they're alone and that it's just this sort of like unique experience that they're having because of their partner. Mm -hmm. And then when they hear these triggers, they're like, oh my gosh, wow, like that is literally me. Yeah, it's super eye opening. So some of the triggers can be social media. That's a huge one, like seeing this portrayal of the perfect couples, the perfect partner on TikTok, Instagram. I remember during COVID when I was really struggling with relationship anxiety, I'd see all those posts of girls like he fulfills all of my love languages and Mm -hmm. here's everything that he's doing for me. And he's he's throwing these extravagant date nights and he's doing this and he's doing that. And this is your sign not to settle because if you yeah. wanted to, he would. Oof, and then the I would worst. be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Where you're like, wait a minute. Am I doing something wrong? Am I choosing to settle for less than I deserve? Yeah. And so it's these very unrealistic expectations from social media. Other people's breakups can be a trigger. Like I remember when I had it, my partner's best friend broke up with his girlfriend and Mm -hmm. that immediately triggered me because I was like okay if that happened with them what if that happens with us yeah and so it's showing that fear of breaking up and that fear of loss another one can be seeing people you know in the honeymoon phase where they're just so in love and it's that time of infatuation and then the comparison comes in like oh because I don't feel that way about my partner it must mean that something is wrong. And yeah, just all of these extremely unrealistic expectations of I should be feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, then I need to leave. Yeah, that's super interesting that you brought up the social media one, because literally just like two days ago, I was speaking to one of my friends and I'm like, I had to delete TikTok because sometimes it just bugs me so much when I see these relationship TikToks that are like, you need to be doing this, your partner needs to treat you this way. And it just puts you in a bubble of comparison and not even just relationships, but everything in general. That's a whole different story. But they make you feel like there's something wrong when it comes to your relationship, because maybe you are seeing how other people are getting treated and then comparing it to your relationship and then neglecting the good parts of it, but only focusing on the negative parts. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. You're neglecting what is he actually doing for me? And then it's so easy to go into that spiral and think those people are so perfect. Maybe there's a guy out there for me like that. When in reality, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on behind that screen. Exactly. With those people like I'm sure they are not perfect 100% of the time. And something that really opened my eyes was that some of the couples that I was comparing myself to thinking like, wow, they love each other so much because he's writing her love letters and writing these giant posts on social media. They actually, over the span that I've been with my partner, have broken up. A lot of the times those couples have broken up. Mm -hmm. And I've been like, wow, like I used to think of them as like the gold standard for being in a relationship, but I'm with my partner still five years later. Mm -hmm. And what does that show about the people that we are comparing ourselves to that it's not all what it seems to be? Exactly. That even behind the scenes, they probably have their own issues, their own struggles, things that they're working through. But that's not what we get to see on social media. We only see the highlights and the good parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what's getting views. Like you also have to think like, why is that person posting this? What are they getting out of it? Yeah. There's a couple creators who get like, paid for sponsorships for date nights or Mm -hmm. maybe they're getting like paid to travel there's tons of different things and different niches but what I learned to do with TikTok that really helped me is just first of all if you're in a super hard difficult place with anxiety like you said you can delete TikTok you can get off of the app Mm -hmm. for me since I work online it wasn't so simple so I actually got into the habit of unfollowing anybody on TikTok that was triggering me, mm-hmm. making sure I only followed people who made me feel good. And then I would only watch my following tab. Okay. You know, there's like a following yeah. and a for you tab. Mm-hmm. So then you have more control over what you're focusing on. And then over time, as I got stronger, I could go over and, you know, see those posts. And what I would do 
is just immediately swipe if I see that it's something that's going to make me compare myself. Mm -hmm. Or you can even hold your finger down and press that not interested tab. Yeah. So now my my feed doesn't have anything like that coming up. Mm -hmm. It's more realistic, healthy things that I'm actually interested in. Yeah. Um, I know that we talked about how a lot of relationship anxiety stems from our expectations of relationships. But I think yeah. that sometimes what can bring even more anxiety is us questioning our own expectations and us thinking, mm-hmm. you know, are our expectations fair? Are they too high, too low? And sometimes people who experience a lot of anxiety tend to question their own judgment. So yes, I guess for people out there who might be experiencing this, how how would they know their expectations are fair? And how can they kind of consider like, oh, am I being treated poorly? Is this where the anxiety is coming from? Or is it coming more from me and my own expectations mm-hmm. being too high? Yeah, so this is a really important question too. And first of all, I always say it's not relationship anxiety if you are not being respected, if there's any kind of verbal abuse or any kind of abuse at all if they're not meeting your basic needs, mm-hmm. which can be very nuanced, like what basic needs are for each person. Yeah. Um, but if you aren't being harmed and you're with an overall respectful, good person, usually these things are things that we can work on. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important with relationship anxiety to also learn like the normal, basic skills to be in a relationship with somebody because often... These women, they don't know how to ask for what they need or they're not communicating their needs properly. And that is why they aren't getting what they want. Mm -hmm. It's less to do with like their partner not being able to give them what they want. It's just that they are not asking for it in an appropriate way. So like, for example, whenever I would send my partner those videos and say, you need to be more like this guy or criticize him like why aren't you planning dates for me why aren't you doing this for me why aren't you making me meals like this guy's making his girlfriend meals Mm -hmm. and those are things that first of all they aren't like basic needs like I can cook for myself yeah I don't need date nights to survive like that's normal but then how can we work on it so that I am getting more of what I need from the relationship and it's just like a normal relationship growth thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a relationship anxiety thing. Mm -hmm. So it's nuanced and it depends on each person's wants and needs in the relationship. It's hard to just give like a blanket statement because everybody's of course different. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, if if you're not being harmed, you're with a respectful, good guy who cares about you. There's a lot that can be worked on Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily lowering your expectations forever and being like, okay, I'm with a guy who doesn't take me on dates But it's like, how can I accept this for now and then work on myself so that I'm inspiring him to show up in the ways that I want him to show up? Yeah. It's it's us too. Like Mm -hmm. we're we're doing things that are shutting them down, making them feel unloved. And so that's why we're not getting what we want out of the relationship as well. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So you mentioned how sometimes we go about it the wrong way. People with relationship anxiety will be asking for their needs to be met in not the right or like appropriate way for their partner to be able to like hear them and really understand what they need. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what do you think is the best way or the most helpful way to go about communicating any of your needs to your partner? So I think like when you're having relationship anxiety um, and your partner is not meeting your needs or like maybe I should call them your wants in a relationship. Maybe let's say, for example, he's not making a lot of time for you and you're the kind of person who really values quality time, maybe like a date night once or twice a week, you know, something Mm -hmm. along those lines. That's where instead of blaming him and being like, you don't do this for me, you don't do that for me, you would approach that person when you're calm, when you're not anxious and heightened and just say, hey, you know, it would be really important to me if you did X, Y, Z he took me on date nights because that makes me feel loved Mm -hmm. and it's something that's important to me can we work on this together as a team Um, and what are some strategies that we could implement this into our daily life so that way you're clearly telling him what you want 
you're not blaming or shaming or criticizing him and you're bringing it into your life as more of a team thing mm -hmm. whereas how can we work together to make this happen unless if you need to do this or i'm not going to be happy so mm -hmm. i think that whenever you're asking for a need you have to be willing to be patient and to work on it it's not going to happen all at once rome wasn't built in a day mm -hmm. and then the other piece is like you can't come into a conversation being like if this doesn't happen then i'm not going to be happy because yeah. a lot of the times we're we're placing this certain thing like let's say date nights and saying i'm not happy because i don't get date nights when in reality there are a lot of things behind the scenes, reasons that you aren't happy that have nothing to do with your partner. Mm -hmm. So working on yourself, working on filling your own cup, and then being patient and knowing that it'll take time, but you can work towards a healthier balance with your partner. Yeah. And that also actually reminded me of my previous point. Um, I was thinking about the concept of how a lot of people say if he wanted to, he would. And mm -hmm. thinking about asking for your wants and having to communicate that to your partner, sometimes people have this perspective of being like, oh, but, you know, he would do that for me if he cared for me. Or if, yeah. he, if he felt this way about me, if he wanted to spend time for me, he would have done it already. So there's that kind of like contradicting feeling in your mind of not wanting to be too needy and asking for too much, mm. but also having certain expectations in your mind of what you think your partner should do. And I guess my question to that would be, how can we kind of navigate in our minds what are realistic things to ask for and what are things that should come naturally maybe? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think that a lot of the times this comes again from social media, from yeah. movies, things like that, where it's like, once you find the one, it's going to be this immediate romance where everything clicks and everything is perfect. Relationships are something that actually take a lot of work. You're learning another person. You're learning what makes them feel loved. And what makes them feel loved isn't necessarily going to be what makes you feel loved mm -hmm. so and there can be so many different factors behind the scenes of why your partner isn't doing these things that you think are obvious number one he might not even know that that is what you want he might not know that you want flowers he might not know that you want to go out on dates once a week or that you want him to plan it mm -hmm. a lot of the times and I know it's frustrating, but it's just the way that relationships work. Like some people aren't as good at picking up what you need when they first meet you. So mm -hmm. they'll have to learn you as if you're studying a new, let's say, subject. You'd mm -hmm. pick up a book and you would read. You wouldn't just assume that you have it all figured out and it'll all be perfect and that you can go right into practicing. So, yeah, I say definitely, we'll just take a giant weight off your shoulders, accepting that it doesn't mean that your partner doesn't love you if he's not doing the things that make you feel loved right now. Yeah. You just need to show him what's going to make you feel loved. So, whenever he does something that makes you feel loved and validated, you celebrate it. Even if he brings you like one flower that he picked off the side of the road. Mm -hmm. I know for me with relationship anxiety, I always wanted to be like, no, but that's not enough. Mm -hmm. um, we, couldn't you do better? It makes you very harsh because a part of you is like trying to stick up for you, trying to get you what you think you deserve. Yeah. But the key to making somebody show up for you, inspiring them to show up for you is making them feel that their effort is going somewhere. Something that I feel like super, or I used to be super ashamed about is the fact that I was so harsh. So mm. I was with my partner when he didn't have a lot of money. He was just starting his career and we were in like a, a tougher spot financially. And I remember one time for Easter, he surprised me with like some Easter chocolates mm -hmm. and Normally, if I was looking at that through a lens of gratitude, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like you didn't have to do that. Thank you so much. That's so cute that you thought of me. Yeah. But because I was in relationship anxiety, I immediately went into like, you got these for free, didn't you? Like, did you get these on sale? Did your work give these to you for free? Like, there's no way that you're the kind of guy who would do that for me. Mm -hmm. And so the way that you are reacting to what he's doing for you is going to make a big difference and whether 
he's going to continue showing up and be inspired to show up for you mm-hmm. or if he's being shut down over and over and over again. Because a lot of the times the women I deal with, they're making their partner feel like they're not good enough on over and over and over again. Yeah. Instead of making them feel like, okay, this is fun. I'm in a relationship where it's fun to make her happy and to try and my efforts get rewarded. Yeah. He would if he knew. Instead of if he wanted to, he would. Like yes. you do need to express what you need. And instead of to me when women are like, Oh, but I should he should already know this, it's kind of taking like a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And then if you switch it around to like, Am are you doing everything that makes him feel loved? Like are you showing up for him in the ways that make him feel supported and cared for? And usually the answer is no. Mm-hmm. So just realizing people aren't perfect. It's going to take work. And the only thing that you're doing by holding on to that grudge of he should be doing it already is keeping that action away from you and making it worse. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. stemming off of what you were saying there and how you can be actually creating more negativity by being harsher towards your partner or blaming them more or kind of creating a space where they might not feel inspired or happy or joyful to be doing things for you in the relationship kind of makes me think what are more challenges that can actually come from relationship anxiety and affect your relationship hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, mm-hmm. And how can it like affect your partner to consider them as well, not just ourselves? Yeah. So with a lot of men, I find um, it makes them feel like they are never good enough. And so why would I even try? Because Mm -hmm. it's like they're doing the best that they can in the moment. Some of the time, maybe they don't have a lot of money or maybe they don't have a lot of time. Maybe they are dealing with things in their personal life. And then we're placing these giant expectations on top of them. And it's almost like I'll never live up to her standards. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good when I try because I just get beaten down. So why would I? Mm -hmm. And if somebody's loving you in the only way that they know how and they're trying and they're making an effort, then shutting them down and reacting with criticism is only going to create a divide between the two of you and push him further away. Yeah. So it, it often takes like changing your mindset altogether to an attitude of, how can I be grateful for what this person is doing now? How can I be okay with what I'm getting now? Fill my cup in other areas and then be a better receiver. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times women in re- with relationship anxiety, they don't know how to receive love and they don't know how to be open to it. So they're pushing it away um, and then blaming their partner for that. So it, sometimes it does have a lot to do with the person and how good they are at receiving things mm-hmm. instead of what their partner is giving them. Yeah. Another challenge is it can be really hard to be in the moment and create new memories with your partner, which is actually exactly what you need. Like if you're constantly worried about what they're not doing, focusing on what they're not doing in your head about, are they saying the right things? Are they showing that they love me enough? You're not actually creating that space to enjoy them and to build memories together and to become closer, which is the key to resolving those issues. So then it's, it becomes, how can I get out of my head? How can I put all of this to the side and focus on what I want from him so that I can enjoy him and that I can be closer to him Mm -hmm. in a way that feels good. And then the closer you are with him, the more memories you have, the more good experiences, the less room there is for those projections and those insecurities. Mm -hmm. I also feel like a big overarching kind of subject when it comes to relationship anxiety is a lot of things and issues kind of stem from ourselves. So for example, if I was experiencing it, 
a lot of the issues come from my own past and how I'm kind of going about my life right now. You mentioned you have to fill your own cup and, you know, take care of yourself. And how can somebody work on themselves and in turn help when it comes to their relationship anxiety? Yeah. So the first thing I want to like address before I get into that, because I Mm -hmm. feel like it's so important to say Mm -hmm. is relationship anxiety can bring up a lot of projections. So essentially, you are projecting your own fears and your own insecurities about yourself onto this other person because Mm. it's less scary. And it's essentially a a protection mechanism. So for example, um, somebody might be like, okay, my partner, he's too outgoing. He's too social. Mm -hmm. He wants to be out all of the time. And the reason why that is such a trigger for that person is because deep down inside, they feel insecure about being in social settings, or maybe they have some form of social anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so seeing their partner doing what they want to do, and being how they want to be, seems like a major problem. For me, I was always worried, one of my projections was that my partner, he's too cheap. Mm. And this is how it usually shows up is like, my partner is too XYZ, or my partner is too is not XYZ enough. Yeah. In reality, he was just saving because he didn't have a lot of money at the time. And it was normal. And it was a normal phase of life. And the reason it felt so big and so scary to me was because I felt insecure around money. Mm. And I felt like, if somebody is not spending their money freely, it means that they're not going to support me. And it means that they're greedy. Mm. So you can see how I'm projecting these beliefs or these traumas from my past onto him when in reality, that really had nothing to do with the reason that he was saving more money. Yeah. So it's about definitely getting clear on what are my beliefs that are clouding my judgment here? What are the past triggers that are creating so much emotion, like creating a mountain out of a molehill? Mm -hmm. And how can I address those from the root? So the two things that I say work on is number one, the deeper work. This is where you're exploring those things. And that's where I go to breath work. So during my breath work sessions with people, I encourage them to go to the root of their pain and experience it. Because when you feel your emotions, it's actually able to be released from your body mind system. Mm -hmm. So they feel it, they address it, they go right into it. And a lot of the times once they release that root cause that root issue, it no longer shows up in their relationship or their partnership. And then analyzing what are my beliefs that maybe I picked up around childhood Mm -hmm. and that I can work on and I can let go of and replace with more empowering beliefs around love. Mm -hmm. Then if you're doing the more deep inner work that's going to be more challenging, it's going to take time, you also have to supplement that with the in the moment work. And that's where you're getting triggered with your partner or you feel a huge urge to start a fight, to start an argument, to criticize him, to pull away. And in those moments, it's actually a huge opportunity because you get to show yourself, no, I can be with this emotion and I can handle it in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And so the more that you can learn to self-soothe as those patterns come up, the better you're going to be at dealing with the bigger issues of life within your relationship. So that's why I always say relationship anxiety is a gift because it's like forcing you to work on these things that maybe have been in the background of your life even before you met your partner yeah and so that they can be healed and they can be addressed yeah that's actually a really great point because i definitely think that when you are not in a relationship there's nothing that's actually triggering you to investigate or find out what's going on and to actually find a way to heal it exactly like you might not even know yeah and so that's why people are always like i gotta break up with my partner i gotta break up with my partner because they assume that i wasn't anxious before i was with him mm-hmm. so i'm not going to be anxious again but then they go and get into other relationships with new people yep and it's like the same pattern over and over and over again definitely so instead of running away instead of thinking it's my partner's problem and i'm just going to leave and find somebody who's going to make me happy It's like, okay, what if it's not possible for me to be happy in a relationship? 
until I turn the mirror around and I take a look at myself. Mm -hmm. That's actually a really powerful thought and something to consider if you are experiencing relationship anxiety as well. Yeah, because I I truly do believe, like I come from more of a perspective that deals with like energy and manifestation. And Mm -hmm. I do believe that how you are being and how you're showing up in life, the energy that you're giving off, is creating the experiences that you're having with people. And I put this to the test in my relationship where it's like, if I'm feeling insecure and I'm feeling really negative, and then I go and I have a conversation with my partner, it's likely that I'm going to bring out the worst in him and that we're not going to get along as well. But if I go into a relationship or sorry, a conversation and I'm happy and I'm feeling grateful and I'm lit up on life and then I talk with him, I bring out the best in him and we feel so much more connected and Mm -hmm. so much more smooth so yeah a lot of the times another thing too is that our general anxiety that we had before mm-hmm. is just latching onto the relationship yeah so I always mm-hmm. ask people did you have anxiety before most of the time it's yes mm-hmm. and because their most important thing in life right now is their relationship and it's the thing that they do not want to lose their anxiety is latching onto the relationship and it's wearing the relationship hat yeah. When actually there are other things that are causing the anxiety and it's just getting blamed on the relationship and on your partner. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to make sure you're filling your own cup, make sure you're becoming happy in other areas of your life so that when you go to your partner, you're not looking for him to complete you or to make you happy because you're lacking those things, but you're going to him to exacerbate those things that you already have to make the joy even more joyful to make the love that you have in your heart even more loving Mm -hmm. kind of going off what you were saying a lot of the times people who experience relationship anxiety make their relationship their whole world which at the same time means that you're going to your relationship to fulfill all of your needs every single need that you have rather than going in different areas of your life and also focusing on your own love towards yourself in order to get a more balanced perspective of how you feel and how your relationship contributes to it. Because a lot of the times we think that our relationship is the overarching like decider of how we'll feel today or feel tomorrow or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what do you think are kind of ways to achieve a more balance and kind of put energy into every aspect of our lives and not just our relationship when we're feeling more anxious um, about our relationships. Yeah. So something that's so true is that we have different people in our lives for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think that people oftentimes are like, my partner should be my, my business advisor and my best friend and my counselor and my friend and my like playmate all at once and you should be all of these different things but then you're you're putting so much pressure on him showing up perfectly every single day mm-hmm. which if you think of it like would you want that pressure to be your partner's whole world and if you're having a bad day or you're not your best self then they're not going to be happy no nobody would want that mm-hmm. so It's so important to have different people in your life. And I think a huge thing that a lot of women think that's such a misconception is that your partner is going to talk to you just like your girlfriends do. Mm -hmm. They want a masculine partner who's going to provide and lead and be a rock for them. But then they also think that he's going to speak in the same nurturing, girly ways that you do with your girlfriend. And that's just not the case. So when I realized, okay, it's normal that my partner communicates differently and supports me in different ways. And it doesn't mean that I can't get support in the ways that my girlfriends give me. I can go to friends and my mom and my family for, you know, those different conversations that I'm craving. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that I'm giving up certain things being with my partner. It just means that I need to be better at looking for my needs, getting my needs fulfilled in different ways. So if I think back to when I had the worst relationship anxiety, Mm -hmm. it was during COVID. And I basically had given up a whole bunch of different parts of my life because I was in long distance with my partner. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, okay, basically, under the surface, I wasn't saying this consciously. But it was the vibe of I'm not going to be happy until I'm with my partner. Mm -hmm. And that is what's going to start my life. And then 
I had to get really real with myself and be like, okay, I need to get a part-time job because I'm not meeting new people. I've been at home for two day- two years mm-hmm. and I need a source of human interaction that's just going to even take my mind off of the relationship. I need to meet new friends and put myself out there and have connections in different settings I need to work on my career now instead of putting it off for later Mm -hmm. so that I feel a sense of purpose. I need to take care of my health because when you are not eating properly, working out, getting enough sleep, those types of things, your anxiety is going to be worse. And then, of course, you're going to blame it on your relationship. (laughs) So I made it my goal to nurture all of these different areas that were making me feel bad about myself, making me feel like I had such an empty cup. So that then when I was able to call my partner, because I was in long distance, I had things to talk about with him. I had things to share. I was feeling confident in myself. And so I didn't need him. And I wasn't coming from a place of lack. Mm -hmm. I was coming from a place of, okay, this is just another part of my day that gets to be fun. And my relationship is one part of my life, but it's not my everything. Yeah. I think that's why people, again, like also have a major fear of loss because it's like, if I lost my partner, I would have nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to build yourself up and to have a relationship with you and with other people. 100%. And when you spoke about when your relationship anxiety was the worst within COVID, I really related Mm -hmm. to that because in previous relationships of mine, I was also in a space where there was nothing else really going for me in my life in that time frame apart from my relationship so that kind of forces you in a sense to go towards that relationship and and crave and ask and want all of your needs to be met within that little bubble rather than finding different outlets like you mentioned going to you know find a new job meet new people um, make new connections with different people take care of your own self spend time Mm -hmm. with yourself which are all such important like important things that you just need in life regardless of a relationship. So Yeah. And guess what? Like when you start doing those things and you start focusing on other areas of your life and becoming more independent and feeling good just because you've trained yourself to focus on things that feel good, your partner is going to be more attracted to you. He's mm-hmm. going to want to spend more time with you because you're not draining his energy. You're adding to his energy. Yeah. So that's when you'll start to notice these shifts of like, wow, he's he's doing things that he's never done before. He wants to be with me more. He's laughing more around me. He's being himself around me because it's a completely different energy dynamic when you're together in person. Mm-hmm. 100%. It actually reminded me of something that I heard recently, which was you shouldn't be looking for the perfect partner, but you should be trying to become the best partner. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. It's all about what can you do for yourself to show up in the best possible way so that you're also able to see the best in other people. Yeah. And anxiety definitely makes you very selfish. Like when you're in the fight or flight mode, when your body literally feels like you are going to die if something doesn't happen because It's the same system that turns on when we are triggered by like, let's say a bear Mm -hmm. in the wild is about to attack us. Your body really thinks that something dangerous is going on and it's only focus is keeping you safe and survival. And so it's easy to think of like, what is my partner not doing for me? He should be doing this. He should be doing that. I need these things from him. But in that state, when you're in that survival state, it's impossible to think about yeah, you know what, maybe he's having a bad day. How can I support him? Mm -hmm. How can I be a resource to him? How can I be a good partner? Your whole focus becomes me, 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 Yeah, which is nothing to be ashamed about because it makes sense the way that your body is reacting. Yeah, But in the long term, it's not fair. And you need to take responsibility for your own nervous system regulation so that you can be giving to your partner and so it can be a two-way street. And that's why the thing that helped me a lot is like, Stop focusing on his side of the street. Focus on your side of the street because that is all you have control over. How can you make your side of the street more clean, a nicer place to be so that that will impact his side? Mm -hmm. And I also think when you start to focus on yourself and remove the attention from 
where your partner's lacking or issues within your own relationship and you begin to grow as a person and feel better about things and have a new perspective, you're also able to look at the relationship differently and have better trust within your own judgment on what's working for you in the relationship. And then in that Mm -hmm. perspective, then it's a better mindset to have to make decisions on relationships. Because at the end of the day, you know, regardless of everything that we spoke about, it's also up to you what you're willing to tolerate in a relationship and what you're you're not willing to tolerate. So it's not yeah. to say to accept everything that like everything within the partner that you have. You also have the choice that if it even if it's not the worst relationship in the world that, you know, if if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But mm-hmm. ultimately when you have anxiety, those thoughts are not clear. They're not you're not able to make a concise decision. You're jumping back and forth between what you want and you can't think clearly. So when it comes down to taking care of yourself and getting to a better mindset, you can look with better judgment and maybe look at the relationship and be like, you know what, it's not, it doesn't work for me. It's not what I want. Or look at it from a different perspective and be like, you know what, I wasn't looking at it in the best of you before. And I love my partner and I want to be with him and I want to work with him and so on. Mm -hmm. That's always the number one question that people come to me with like, do I need to break up with my partner or not? Mm -hmm. That is the question that is in your mind. And and I know how hard that is, like constantly feeling like you need to make this decision that's going to break your heart. It's like neither, neither option staying or leaving feels good. Mm -hmm. And so what I say to people who are in that place is work on yourself, do all of these things that you can get to a place where you're feeling secure and confident and your cup is filled so that you're looking at the relationship through eyes of love and not through eyes of fear. Yeah. Because right now, usually it's like there's a part of you, a younger part from the past that wants you to leave because it doesn't feel safe in the relationship or it's feeling like love is going to break my heart or there's a belief there that that one part is holding. Mm -hmm. And then there's another part of you that's also a younger part that is saying, no, I don't want to lose this person. I love this person. Please don't make me leave. And so listening to either of those parts that are very dysregulated Mm -hmm. and rooted in fear isn't going to feel good. The only thing that's going to feel good is that if you're able to get quiet and work on yourself and access that real, true place of peace Mm -hmm. to see through clear eyes and to access what people call your higher self. Mm -hmm. And then once you're in that spot of feeling grounded and feeling clear, a lot of the times you won't even need a decision anymore. You'll just be happy with your relationship and all will be well. Yeah. Or you will make the decision to leave the relationship, but it won't feel so scary and bad. It'll feel like, okay, this is the most loving choice that I can make right now. Mm -hmm. And what really helped me was because this is my first relationship. Mm -hmm. I had never been through a breakup before, so I didn't know like what it would feel like to break up with somebody and, how you would know when to pull the trigger. Yeah. And then I had a major fallout with my best friend. And Mm. that was something that broke my heart and was one of the hardest times of my life. However, I wasn't having relationship anxiety about that. Like I knew that I wasn't getting what I needed from the relationship Mm -hmm. and it was heartbreaking, but it was a completely different feeling. Like I could not have stayed in that relationship. I knew I had to get out even though it was so sad. Mm -hmm. So just seeing like, okay, actual breakups feel different than relationship anxiety. And knowing that it was like a very clear moment for me. It was something that I could not have avoided. For me with relationship anxiety, I felt like I needed to break up with my partner. However, I was able to stay for like three years in that turmoil of like, back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. Because the real reason I was there was not because I wanted to break up with him, but because I needed to get more clear and access my higher self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good comparison because you're able to look at it as one relationship where you didn't experience relationship anxiety with your friend. Mm -hmm. And you can compare it to how it feels when you are in a relationship with relationship anxiety and the differences on when it felt right to let go. And there weren't Mm -hmm. as many fears telling you, no, I can't do this. I don't want to live without this person. But rather it was something that was like peaceful in a sense, of course, still painful, 
but you knew it was the right decision mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, like it was, you had the grief mm-hmm. that comes with losing somebody in your life, but you also had like the relief of like, okay, I feel like this is meant for me. Yeah. Whereas relationship anxiety tells you, maybe I don't love this person enough. Maybe I'm just staying with them because I don't want to be alone. But in reality, yes, you would experience grief if you left them, but there may also be that layer of heartbreak because you didn't want to leave them and because a part of you really does know that this is a great guy and that Mm -hmm. you can make it work. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was a lot of information and I'm going to wrap it up because we've been going for quite some time, but... um, I hope that everybody listening who experiences or has experienced relationship anxiety learned a little something from this and is able to kind of be a little bit more aware of how relationship anxiety affects not only themselves, but their relationship and the ways that they can start to work on it and, you know, focus on filling their own cup and looking at their relationship with a different perspective. I know from my own experience, it can be very tricky, very scary, um, very challenging, but, you know, with our example here from Hannah, you know, you guys can get through it if you do the work and, Mm um, yeah. And one more thing I will say is Mm -hmm. like, don't be afraid to hire support. Somebody who understands relationship anxiety, whether it be a therapist, Mm -hmm. make sure they understand relationship anxiety or it can be worse. That's another story. Mm -hmm. Um, Or a coach, or like I said, I do breath work or even a friend who understands relationship anxiety because you'll want to be doing the work with somebody who gets it instead of going and feeling like you need to talk to people who are just going to tell you to leave because they don't understand what it is. Yeah, 100%. Because it's definitely something like we mentioned at the beginning that isn't talked about enough. So a lot of the times people don't really know, you know, if it's a friend or a family member, how to help you when it comes to that. So definitely going to somebody who has experience with helping others who experience relationship anxiety is 100% the best thing to do. And I've done it before myself too. Um, So Hannah, I also wanted you to shout out your, you know, social so people can go and find out a little bit more about relationship anxiety and yourself if they wanted to. Sure. Yeah, of course. So I'm on Instagram and I'm on TikTok. My username is healing with Han and then two underscores. So healing with Han underscore underscore. Beautiful. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on today's episode. I loved it. It was great to get so much, you know, new information and perspective from you. So I'm really happy that the listeners can learn something from this as well. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. And anyone who's going through this, just want to remind you, you can do this. It's temporary and it is a valuable thing that's coming up in your life so that you can grow. Yes. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.